If you're hearing this, then you've downloaded the latest In-Depth with Dane McGuire. I am your man behind the microphone, and on this episode, I had the chance to sit down with former Chicago Cub, Randy Martz. We recorded this interview in his office of the Lewis and Clark Enrollment Center. Those offices are cubicle-style open-air offices, so there is some background noise, and for that, I apologize, but it was a really fun interview. I want to thank Randy again for his time, and I hope you all enjoy. this interview by the numbers but that's like every other interview so I really want to know about the life of an MLB ball player and so start from the beginning um who introduced you to the game of baseball well it started with my dad when I was growing up I mean I did did a lot of uh, went through the channels little league and then Legion baseball and then I went to college on uh, football scholarship and ended up playing baseball and then when I got drafted by the Cubs uh, I went into Major League Baseball that's interesting. What led to the transition from football to baseball? Well, when I was in high school, I was good, good in those two sports, so I went to South Carolina, um, University of South Carolina is where I went to college, and went on a football scholarship. But uh, I had love for both sports, and after my freshman year, they, I transitioned over to uh, uh, being redshirted in football, so then I, I ended up my junior year playing baseball, and then I got drafted out of that. What was the phone call, the sit-down like for you going to go to the majors? Well, we were, we were going to the World Series, College World Series that year, and I got a phone call from the Cubs. I didn't even know who they were because I was only an East Coast boy. And they said they were drafting me number one in the country, so 12th overall pick. So, of course, I said, yeah, I'm interested. And then once I got down to the World Series, uh, we sat down and negotiated with them and figured it was uh, – better off to sign and, and forego my senior year. And so you've been drafted, it's 1977, and you're going through minors and development. What is the difference like in minor league developmental baseball compared to the majors or compared to college? Well, it was a big transition from coming from college to, to um, uh, pro baseball. I mean, I started out in Sarasota Learner System and then uh, my, I, when I negotiated my contract, I said, I'm only going to double-A, and that's the only reason I signed. So I went to Midland, Texas, was there for a year, and then I went to triple-A right after that, and within two and a half years, I was in the big leagues. Two and a half years, wow. What was life like away from, because you're from Pennsylvania, so what was life like away from friends and family and being on the road? Well, I transitioned that, you know, high school was mostly Pennsylvania, and then when I got to college, I uh, pretty much, you know, had friends from South Carolina, and uh, so I transitioned pretty well, because I was used to going away from home from Pennsylvania, so once I got to Chicago, it was a little different, because I was a small-time farm boy going to a big city, which I wasn't used to that, so, but other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah, you get used to the weather pretty quick. Well, the weather was a lot, a little bit shocking. That's the reason I went south because I didn't like the cold weather in Pennsylvania. I went, that's why I went to South Carolina. And then 
Then when I got picked by the Cubs, I go, man, this weather's a little cold up there too. So, Your debut that day, what were some of the thoughts, the emotions uh, you were going through that day? Well, the biggest thrill is when you're, you know, I was in AAA and they said, uh, hey, you're going to the major leagues. And that was a, a big thrill. Then when I got to, up to the um, Chicago, you know, the manager just said, hey, you're going to start against the Cincinnati Reds. And the first guy out of the gate you face is Pete Rose. It's pretty, pretty impressive, uh, you know, jump right there. Uh, your debut, it was a loss, 6-1 uh, to one to the Cincinnati Reds. So how did you cope with your first defeat that soon? Well, it was, you know, one of those things where, you know, you know, you want to do well and everything, but, you know, the, the thing was, you know, I was facing a pretty established lineup in the Cincinnati Reds, so um, I think I pitched well. I think when I came out, I was 2-1. to one. We ended up losing 6-1, to one, but, you know, it was a start. It was, you know, something to, something to go by. What was your opinion of the north side of Chicago as far as the team when you got there? Because at the time, they were 52-82. and 82. Well, you know, the, the, you look at it both ways. You look at it saying, hey, look, uh, you, you might have a quicker chance of getting an opportunity that way with the team not doing that well. They'll bring more, kid, more kids up, and, and that's what we did. I mean, I came up with uh, Lee Smith the same, same time, so that was a pretty good guy to come up with. And, you know, the, the Wrigley Field was, a, a, you know, one of those, you know, everybody loves it, and, and I just wanted to see how it was to pitch there. When you're a rookie, when you're in minors and you're getting money for meals and stipends and things like that, what is life like on the bus and living in the motels and things like that? Well, it's a different scenario. I mean, most of your, your flights are charter flights. So you know, you don't have anybody else in the plane. You know, you don't carry your luggage at the hotel. So it's a, it's, it's a big thing there. And, and when I was playing, it was $60 a day. Uh, meal money, which is what I'm not used to anywhere else, and you know they treat you like, like, like you want to be treated, and you know just got to give them respect for w what they give you. You played with the Chicago Cubs from '80 to '82, and they told you you're being traded. What were your thoughts on that at the time? Well, it was kind of a, a different situation for me because I was go I was heading to spring training when they traded me, and I was heading to Arizona when I got to my agents. Uh, place in Houston they told me you got to turn around and go to Sarasota Florida so you know I wasn't going to a different town but it, it's just learning a new system and it was a little tough on me. So you're traded to the White Sox with two other players and at this time legendary St. Louis Cardinals manager Tony La Russa is the head man of the White Sox although you made only one appearance with the White Sox do you have any experience with with Tony and what was he like? Well, yeah, I went to spring training two years with Tony, and you know, I, I pitched one game. I was up probably half a year that year when they they won it in '83. But uh, with four 20-game winners, uh, I don't think you're getting much much work there. And, and the other guy I had to beat out was Tom Seaver, and he was a legend. So that was a tough deal to do. Not too long after that, they told you somebody told you that you were going to uh, be released from Major League Baseball, did you, or did you ask for your release? What was the situation? No, what, what, what happened there was I pitched in, against Baltimore in uh, Baltimore, and uh, I would have had the win, but we gave up three runs in the ninth inning. Only, you know, I, didn't get, I got a no decision out of that. But I think soon after that, we were going to uh, the Yankee Stadium, and 
and they had sent me down to the minor leagues again. So and then I came back up in September, and then uh, the next spring training is when I did get released. Were you able to take being traded and going up to the majors and down to the minors pretty well? Well, the transition that I had was a, 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 an odd one because the, the three years I was with Chicago in 80, 81, and 82, I had a different coach every year, different pitching coach. You know, at least when I got to the White Sox, we had the same manager. He was there for a while. And, uh, you know, that, that, that takes a toll on you not knowing, you know, what their expectations are and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, the Cubs were trying to transition, and, and they made some good trades, and they ended up making it in 84, but they didn't get to the World Series. So, you know, and I didn't get the taste of the uh, playoffs with the White Sox. It wasn't up long enough in 83. So, Right, and this kind of leads into my, uh, my next question. The Chicago Cubs, do you believe in the team curse, or is it that lack of consistency that resulted in how your time ended up there? Well, for some time, I mean, the, the, they blamed it on the day games all the time. Then they got lights, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, um, they, they got some ownership now that really really wants to put forth some money to win, win some games, and, and hopefully this is the time. I hope I live long enough to be able to go up there and celebrate on Waveland or, or, or Sheffield to see the Cubs win a World Series. Transitioning back to the, the White Sox on the south side and your release, that one appearance, in your head, did you feel cheated at all? Did it feel unfair to only get one game with this new team that they told you you had, you know, you just got there and, and, then, and then you're done? Well, the, the way Tony did a lot of things, I mean, he did it different than other, other managers. He tried to stockpile guys. I mean, we had Steve Muir who pitched for the, for the Cardinals a long time, and he was, he was with me in AAA, and, and uh, I was down there. And Al, I played with Al Hrabowski down in the minor leagues, and we had a lot of ex-major leaguers pitching in AAA. And, they, and if somebody got hurt, you know, you'd go up, and, go up and pitch for them. But they had a lot of good pitchers up there that year when they won four. They had four 20-game winners. When you wrapped things up, when you said goodbye, did you instantly know you were going to coach? Well, what was the next phase? Uh, no, I don't think I knew I was going to coach. I mean, I got back, and, and it's it's tough when you're doing that all your life, and then you try and get back in the real world and get a job. Most people don't uh, consider you having a lot of experience in the real workforce. So I figured, well, I better try coaching and see how that that works out, and I kind of liked it. The Grizzlies have been pretty good. I mean, we've, we've won a lot of games, and... And done a lot of things, so it's been a, it's been a good good situation down there. We've made the playoffs, I think three out of the three or four out of the eight seven years I've been there. So that's been a good situation. Around your office, there are a couple of honors that I, I definitely wanted to mention on this edition of the podcast. And what what was it like for you, as you said, you went to school in South Carolina uh, to be inducted into the South Carolina Athletics Hall of Fame? That was a big honor because you know they they. They, they really treated me like a, you know, real celebrity down there, which, you know, I, I only pitched one year for them, so I didn't lose a game. But that, that was, you know, for me to do that and get in that, that kind of uh, company with other, other players that have played there for a long time. You know, I'm a Pennsylvanian and played one year in South Carolina, which is, you know, kind of impressive for them to think of me to be put in that Hall of Fame. The... Lewis and Clark baseball team that you coach made it to third place in the 96 Junior College World Series. I mean, what was that run like for you, and what was that team like? 
Well, it was, it was a special team because we had almost everybody was in district on that team, and uh, we wanted local kids, and we 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 had a we had a good group of kids, a tight knit group of kids that played well together, and they deserved a third place finish. And next year we were we were one game away from going back to the World Series, so we had two good years there. But for some reason down the road now it's been it's been a little lean, but uh, we're trying to get back to that that status. I mean, I think. I think the big thing we got to improve in here is our facilities at the college. We just don't have the facilities like other teams have. Right, and you, and you'll get there. I have a feeling someday, with your experience not only in the majors but with the Grizzlies, and I have a feeling that you know you'll take what you learn from other places and try to integrate it. Uh, would you say that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean uh, we're working on that. We're always trying to work on that kind of stuff, and and hopefully that that you know we can get there again and uh, have a shot at winning. For most people, playing in the majors period, even for a single season, for a single game, is nothing but a pipe dream. And you got you got four seasons uh, with two teams. So how how do you define success? Are you happy? Are you content? Well, I mean, the ultimate goal is always to make it to the major leagues. I mean, one day in the major leagues is better than none. And you've done a lot you've accomplished a lot more than a lot of people have by doing that so that's the way I measure my success I mean I, I think that that's been the, been the whole thing when you grow up as a kid you dream that you want to be a professional athlete not whether it's going to happen or not you, you never know but you got to dream that dream it's a it's a lot more than a game it's America's pastime it's a business as you said it's a dream what has baseball given you that you use as a frame of reference for different situations in life well i mean baseball's taught me how to be disciplined and you know how to, how to be able to you know be on a program get, get dedicated and have a workout that you know is going to get you to the next level so you know not only helps you there but when you get in life you, you know you got to work hard to get somewhere all right randy that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast i appreciate your time and once again thanks for coming on okay thank you Hey, don't turn it off! Hey you, with the iTunes connection, the ears, and the internet. Want to be a guest on the podcast or have a guest to recommend? Email in depth at ndmcguire.wix.com. Out of sight! Once you get started, it's hard to stop.